0: Hey everyone, thank you for taking the time to join in with Uncommon Women Podcast, a dope podcast to bring light to reality from real life people sharing real life stories with a host of women having real life talk, the good and the bad, with no judgment. Uncommon Women's Loyalty is here to support those that need a safe space to speak their truth and rawness to the world. Tune in relax, take notes, and let's vibe. Here are your hosts, Uncommon Women.
1: Good evening, everyone. This is Uncommon Women here, and I am Jenny Lee, your host this evening. And we have a powerful testimony. Natasha Bryant is a psychotherapist and a confident mindset coach who will be speaking on her testimony and how she helps others live an unapologetic life. And how to love themselves.
2: Hey, Natasha. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm so excited to hear your story. So, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood?
2: Yeah, I um, When I think of my childhood, there's uh, two words I think of hard working, um, mm-hmm. because everything that, um, anything I wanted or needed, I had to work for it. Right. Like my family was never um, the type that would just give, like if I wanted something, I had to work for it in some form of capacity. Yeah. You had to earn it. Yeah. (laughs) I had to earn it. Right. (laughs) Um, And so that's, that's one, that's one phrase that would, or a word that would come to mind. Um, And because of that, people will often like my peers will often look at me as either spoiled or privileged because I would have access to things, not knowing that no, this wasn't for free. Like, I had to work for this. Yeah, like, you had to work for the it. The reason yeah. why I have I have money when we go out is because I had to do allowance. Like, I had, this was not free. My mom just didn't give it to me. Like, I had to work for that. So yeah. there was always this misconception um, growing up that um, I had it easy or I had this, like, privileged life. But nobody mm-hmm. really understood the work behind the, the access or so the resources that I had compared to – when they're looking at their lives and like, well, I don't yeah. have that or I don't have access to that and not realizing like this wasn't this wasn't free. Like this wasn't like it
1: was like jealousy. There was just jealous because they see you with all this material things. But no, one not behind
2: all of that. You're over here earning it. You're working for it. It wasn't like it was just given to you. Right. Right. And I don't know if I would use the word. I mean, there were some and I did because I would get some moments of. I had I had some experience with I mean we didn't call it bullying back then but if we're using okay. the, the the definition of bullying now like there were times where I would get um bullied by individuals because of the jealousy um mm. but it was more of just like the privilege of like you have it easy right like like I don't know if envy was even the word cuz I never really got that vibe but it was just like this this idea of what my life was right like you have the easier life or you have you have access to all these things that i don't get to have
0: yeah. um
2: and so you your life is so much better or your your, your experience is so much better it's like well I, yeah I, I had to work like this was <laughs> was yeah and, and and i totally yeah. get that yeah but it's also think
1: like you know people always go by assumptions so yes, when they that's the sub, assumptions yes. yeah. when they start to think those are assumptions i think that's where the envy comes in mm-hmm, and like the mm-hmm, jealousy mm-hmm, I mentioned.
2: Mm-hmm, and, yeah.
1: and I, uh, and I think, I think that goes hand in hand because like, even though we don't, you know, see it as bullying, it is kind of, cause mm-hmm. I can imagine like you're over here walking in, you know, what's something that you earned, you know, and they're just talking about you or trying mm-hmm. to say things mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. which
2: isn't, you know, nice at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Part of it was too, was my family just had, they had the expectations of, you know, not being, not accepting less than, right? I had um, a grandmother who was college educated. She was a teacher. And then I had a grandfather who was an entrepreneur and owned his own business and owned the building that his business was in and had real estates and all these other things. So because of that, um, I was, um, I was around a mindset of, the expectations of living to a higher standard and not accepting anything less mm-hmm. um, to the point where, you know, my mom, she would set expectations for me and not where it's like, oh, this is expectation and, you know, like helping coaching me to it or mm-hmm. coddling me to get there. It was like, no, this expectation and you better reach it. And if you don't, mm. this, is going to be, this is going to be the consequence, right? So yeah. growing up, it was like, I hate it when I'm so mean, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, you think of your parent as like this mean parent. But even as I was getting older, I would see that because my mom pushed me in that way, I would end up having access to things that friends, I saw friends and families that have access. To. I was able to be in okay. spaces that other people weren't able to be in spaces. Right. Um, like I end up being the only brown person. Um, but then also seeing that because my friends or family didn't have that same level of push, they were in spaces that didn't have the same level of resources or opportunities, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which didn't okay. let them not being able to have access to different things. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So even though, uh, you know,
1: your mom had these high expectations from you, Mm -hmm. Did it, how did it make you feel? Did you feel like you were never going to accomplish our expectations? Did it ever make, did did it even, even as a, as a child, did it give you any insecurities? Did you feel any depression or low Mm self-esteem?
2: For sure. It was this level of pressure of um, like, how am I going to do it? Like I remember uh, I was entering high school and I picked my courses I was going to do like certain courses I was going to be like college prep and then the other two were going to be general ed because okay. the general this college prep I knew I can achieve I, I can do that at college prep <laughs> level yeah. but these other two courses math and science we're going to keep that general ed we're going to keep that basic because mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. I can succeed in that and my mom was like no you're taking all college prep courses and you better wow. pass and I was looking at her like this lady is crazy I'm telling her that I'm not going to be able to pass and she's saying not only am, am I forcing you going to do it you better pass on top of that right Hmm. um and then when i end up entering it it end up not being as bad as as it was but i never told her that because i was like she's not gonna win this one but it (laughs) ended up not being as bad as it was but there will be times where i would feel like i don't know if i could achieve at that level but because she pushed me then I found out like, oh, I actually can achieve that level. So if I went by my own insecurities, I probably mm. wouldn't even be where I am right now. But because mm-hmm. I had somebody pushing me saying, no, no, you can do more, right? You are worth yeah. more. You you should require more of you and you better achieve at this level, right? Mm. Um, it forced me to come out of my comfort zone and push myself to do more, um, which then showed me that I, I can do. Do more, mm, cause your mama see the potential
1: in you. Right. I think as mothers, right. we see, as mothers, cause I have children, mm-hmm, I have young adult mm-hmm. children. We see mm-hmm. that for our children, you know. um Well, for me, like I didn't have a lot of, I wasn't raised, guided, and being pushed, mm-hmm, and all of mm-hmm, that. So mm-hmm, I made sure mm-hmm. that when I had my children, mm-hmm. I had high expectations. I mean, I didn't, I pushed them, but I mean, I have. Luckily, my kid, I raised my kids you know, and they, they never lacked anything. So they had the resources and cause I taught them that I guided mm-hmm. them into that. And mm-hmm. that is great that your mom did that for you, you know, that she was trying to show you to get out of your comfort zone. Like, I know you can do this. And we as moms, like, depending on the expectations, cause I know some of them can be mm-hmm. overwhelming and depending mm-hmm. on how the parent is, but I could tell that your mom was very genuine and doing that to you and look at you now.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I was definitely someone that didn't, you know, part of the insecurities too is I didn't really speak up for myself. Like I okay. often, um, in spaces with peers, if I did speak up, it was passive, okay. um, hoping that someone would accept the no <laughs> the, the first time that I said okay. it. Right. But if they said it more than once, it was like, uh, well, and then I would end up giving in. So I end up definitely when we talk about other areas of like the insecurities, yeah. I definitely end up being in spaces that I really didn't want to be in. Um, okay. But I end up being in them because I didn't feel comfortable, you know, really b- being confrontational, right, or okay. or speaking up and advocating for myself in that way. But I was able to push myself and like goal setting and reaching goals. But when it came to like advocating or speaking up, that's where my insecurities definitely mm. were highlight Were you know, were the strongest in those areas.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: So you, do you think
1: that it's because you were just like afraid what others would say or think about you at that point? That oh, for sure. Speak
2: up? Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It was definitely fear of conflict right the fear of having a a conflict the fear of getting into a fight right um um the fear of the rejection right that that was definitely part of part of it for sure
1: Mm, okay so can you go back on uh on those expectations of you know going into college and your Mm -hmm. mom pushing you Mm -hmm. and to um pushing you and you know obviously you've done well for yourself What pushed you and motivated you to become the social, a social worker?
2: Yeah, I would say, um, like I was saying before about seeing those two different spaces, like, like, Mm -hmm. like being, because I was pushed, I was able to have access to the the spaces where I was the only Brown person or maybe one Mm -hmm. other person. Right. Um, and then, I would see, um, then I would be in spaces where it's all of us uh, that look alike and not, and those are like with expectation of those are low or mediocre. And, yeah. um, and I saw the difference, right. And, and, and how that would led to our own, even our own like way of thinking about what we can and cannot do and how it was like calling yeah. us to fall into the stereotypes of like what black and brown people can do. And so I knew when I got introduced to social work, um, I knew that was the direction I wanted to go. And I wanted to um, help uh, my community just not, just break those generational cycles, break those hmm. statistics and those barriers that was already placed on us before we even became an adult. It was already placed on us yeah. as kids, right? Um, and so I, for me, I felt like the best place for me to be able to be somebody else's push because I recognized, you know, definitely as I got, Further into high school, I recognize that push was is what has helped me get to where I was able to be mm-hmm. and then be able to have be in those different spaces. Um, I wanted to be that push for somebody else. And so I felt like working in schools would be the best way that I, I can show up in that way um, and help um, individuals go beyond what the world is saying they can do. And so that's what um, helped me or introduced me into wanting to become a social worker.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that how you said, you know, like you being like the only brown person and then like, you know, you seen how others were going forward towards it. And then like you're like, I'm going to do this for myself and for my people mm-hmm. and I'm going to fight mm-hmm. for us. I'm going to make sure we have a voice. I'm going to advocate for them. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people are afraid to do that because they feel they're going to be teared down. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Had you back down from that and you did it and you did it. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So how does it feel to be able to live out your passion every single day?
2: You know, I still, I mean, it's three years and I just opened up my, I opened up my practice in 2021. And so, um, I'm still at a lot of times in all that I'm actually doing this. Cause this was not my plan. My plan was, you know, we always have plans. Yeah. <laughs> we all have a plan, right? <laughs> my plan initially was to, um, work in a school full time, right. Okay. And then do, um, uh, work in as a therapist part-time um, eventually in a private practice and then retire in a private practice, not my own, but somebody else's private practice as a therapist, okay. maybe two other private practices. That that was my whole vision. Um, and then when I got to that point where I was going to leave the schools full time and then go to private practice full time, I was thinking about, OK, well, where do I want to apply? Who do I want to apply to? And God literally said to me, girl, why are you about to give somebody else a percentage of your your coins and your words when you could take through a whole 100 percent? I was like, God, mm. you know what? You're right. Why am mm. I about to do that? And that literally was in October of 2020. And then I just went full speed ahead and decided to open up my own private practice. Like, literally, it was like literally <laughs> spur of the moment mm. decision. Um, and then I did. I took classes and courses on how to start a business. And then I, um, I um, officially had my LC LLC, LLC in December of 2020. But I um opened up in 2021 2021 I saw my first client in March of 2021 so um I'm still like because it was not a plan I'm still surprised of the way God is showing me my purpose and my gifts that He's showing that I didn't even know I had, um, the creativity that I didn't realize I had, like there's so many things that He's revealing to me about myself through this whole mm. process that lets me know that I'm definitely doing what He's what He created me to do.
1: Yeah, well, that's how God works. You know, He Listen. likes to show out, girl. He likes to show out. He likes you to show that. up and show out. He, yes, He does. You know, and sometimes like even though we make our own plans and He comes up and He just swoops and He's like, nope that's not what I'm telling you to do. I want you to do this, you know? So I totally feel you when you're like, Oh, you know, I didn't know my creativity and all of that, you know? So when he does those things, you're just like, man, I didn't even know I could do this myself. But it's so amazing and how he works in us and Mm -hmm. how he shows us like, because he wants more for us. He wants us to step out out of our mm-hmm. comfort zone because mm-hmm. you know we are so we get so used to doing things a certain way and making these yes. plans you know you want us to just be a teacher and you know and all of a mm-hmm. sudden now you have this whole business and you're helping right. others and you're just
2: like is this really happening <laughs> right 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 yeah and even what you just said about being the pusher i mean that's like mm-hmm. what you just saying that was you know I connected that to what we were just talking about, my mom being a pusher and how he yeah. put her in my life and my grandparents and just that, that my family in my life to push me yes. to be at a place where I could confidently be like, yeah, we're about to do that thing. We going <laughs> to, we, you know, like yeah. the, the whole hard work hard mentality I've always yeah. had. Like if you work hard, you put your, you know, you do, you know, you follow the steps, you work hard. I didn't say follow the steps, mm-hmm. but you, you work hard and really put your energy into it. You can make it happen. Um, yeah. And so, I, you know, just seeing how he was planting those seeds, way back when I was just a teenager and, like, showing up even now as an adult. Mm,
1: don't you love when he does that? It's yeah. just so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. give glory mm-hmm. to God for that because, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, we could be in a good place and a good in a good place and a good space. And then sometimes mm-hmm. we don't give enough... We don't give him enough credit on that because of where... Yeah where he shows us and where he leads us. And sometimes we tend to forget about that, but I am mm-hmm. thankful. Mm-hmm. I am yes. thankful. It's definitely, we have to be thankful for that every niche and then mm-hmm. you're able to live out your passion. You know, you're, that's what you're yeah. doing now and helping others, which mm-hmm. is so amazing. So as you coming into uh, what you're doing now, uh, what is uh, my question for you? So can you explain to me what you do in that process when you're working in the firm?
2: Yeah. So my private practice is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's all online. So I see as a psychotherapist, I see clients um, for mental health therapy. So I see individuals, I see teens 14 and up and also do couples therapy as well. Um, And then on the coaching aspect of it, as a confidence mindset coach, I provide coaching to women um, who are just at a transitional period in their life where they're ready to finally really redesign, redefine who they are so they can really step into the woman that God created them to be and really mm. um, live the life that they desire. Cause so many times we put other people first or we don't think about who we are um, or what yeah. we want. Um, and you know, this woman is at a place like, you know what? I'm done putting myself last. I'm ready to put myself first. Yeah. I'm ready to live out my dreams. Um, and that's what my coaching um, services are all about.
1: Okay. So as mm-hmm. far as your firm, you said you work with couples. What mm-hmm. is the common issue you have noticed from couples seeking uh, pre-modal counseling these days?
2: Yeah. So yeah, I specialize in pre-modal counseling. That's the type of couples I usually work with. And the common factor I'm often seeing is, um, really the focus on meeting milestones um okay. instead of really focusing on creating a, a strong foundation. A lot of times they're coming to me um because they're either at a place that they're like, we've been together for X amount of years and um mm. I'm ready to marry, but you know, my partner is not, or I want to get married, but you know, we're not there yet. Or I've, you know, I'm at a certain age, everybody's around me. Like these, these a lot of times these milestones, these expectations that okay we've been together by X, been together for seven years or plus. So that means we should be married by now. Right. Cause that's yeah. a long time. Right. Yeah, you know, like, or as a female, it's like, you know, well, I'm X age, everybody's getting married around me. And I feel like at this point I should be getting married at this time, right? So there's like these milestones yeah. that um, are often the um that's one thing. The milestone, the other one is mm-hmm. the communication. Okay. There is um there's this misunderstanding of what that the compromise looks and sounds like, right? It's like mm-hmm. um I had this idea of what I'm expecting in this relationship. And I want my my partner to understand what the expectation is, and then yeah. um, adhere to the expectation, not in a, in a in a controlling way, but just like this is what I need from you, and this is what how I need for you to show up, right? Yeah. But not considering the other person's feelings or expectations, and like working that in together. Like, how can we bring both of what we want? as one so that Hmm. we can both be satisfied so we can both feel like our needs are being met a lot of it is this is what I need and my partner's not giving that to me and that's the end of the conversation which then leads to the conflict because there's no compromising happening um within how can we make this work together for us not just for you not just for me but for us um so that's the other that's the second thing I would say is like the most common um challenge that couples usually end up facing in that stage. Hmm, Okay. So how long does, uh, these, uh, these
1: courses take? Does it, does, how long do they take depending, is it depending on the couple and how much effort they put into it or, or does it, can it take like a month, a year? I mean, depending, I mean, I'm assuming, you know, um, depending on how much effort they put into it. I'm, I'm just going off because I, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're the, you're the, you're the coach
2: here. So I wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. So the pre amount of counseling is on a therapy and it's not coaching. And so therapy in general, um, is, is the, the timeline is the individual, right? It's, it's really, um, you know, where the individual is at, like their starting port, their starting point, their baseline, so individual and or couples, where their baseline is at, right? And where they're trying to go, right? right. Um, If their goal is, you know, whatever their goal is, if they're pretty far from that goal, um, because where they're starting at is pretty far from reaching that overall arching goal, then therapy is going to take some time to get there because there's some work, there's a lot of work, there's some, some, um, you know, uncovering a lot of uncovering and rediscovering that is needed to be able to get officially to the goal that they want to reach. So it really is case by case. There, there isn't any like set time frame. Um, but as therapists, one thing that we do is we do check in um every three well, at least I do, I can speak for myself. I check in every three to four months um to see okay where where are we at, right? Like we set these goals because so we'll ask uh, by the second session we will set uh, treatment plan goals, which is like a roadmap to dis- to determine what are we working on? What are we focusing on, on therapy? And so by the third, three, within three to four months, um, then we would go back to that plan. Where are we at? Did we achieve any of the goals? Are the goals even still relevant? Because now that you've been doing work and you've been doing some healing, what you thought you wanted to work on, is that even still what you want to work on, right? Um, how mm-hmm. therapy is going. And that's a good check-in point to see where we're we at and what therapy is going to look like you know, as we continue. So it really is case by case.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. So can you provide the first three steps of a person that's taken part in healing and their life calls from the past or present from trauma?
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say the first three steps is and this is something that can be done in therapy. It's, it's much more helpful in therapy. But if someone okay. was trying to do it on her own, right? You can still, you know, attempt to do it on your own. Okay. Um, one is acknowledging, allowing yourself to face and acknowledge the feelings and thoughts that's connected to the trauma. Okay. And that's why I said therapy can be helpful because if that becomes too overwhelming then having a therapist help you walk through that process. But many times in trauma, we ignore, we're trying to escape having to like Mm. think about it and relive it and process it, right? We just store it in the back of our minds and hope to never have to like, experience it again or thinking that because we've masked it in so many different ways, we'll never have to experience, but it comes back up. Those feelings come back up in other ways. Right. Okay. Um, So first is acknowledging that, Acknow- allowing yourself to acknowledge the feelings and the thoughts that's, that is experienced with that. And then being able to then second part will be allowing yourself to then go through, like process those feelings, whether it's through journaling, vlogging, um, but allowing yourself to really start thinking about, okay, why do I feel this way? Um, what, how has this impacted my life? Um, what is some ways that I want to change or Or rediscover as a result of this experience, like really allowing yourself to really process and heal. That's where that healing is coming from, too, is understanding how it impacted your life and how you want to move forward as a result of it. And then Mm. the third and final, because you got to do those things in order to get to the third one. And I want to say this is the final step, but this is if I had to pick the top three. um, The third step I would say is forgiveness. Mm. but you gotta in order to be able to forgive first you gotta do your own internal oh yeah yeah. First. yeah definitely you gotta I agree <laughs> with that you gotta yeah like, you gotta work you gotta do the
1: inner work without the inner work <laughs> yeah it's like you can't just say i forgive and not do the inner work and right you know yeah i, I could i i could totally relate to that because you know forgiving someone is like you're doing that for you not for them
2: right exactly exactly Exactly. And so the forgiveness piece is very key because if you're still holding, you recognize I'm I'm angry. You, you know, you did that process. Yeah. I recognize I'm angry. I'm recognizing there's some bitterness there. I'm recognizing I feel rejected or abandoned, you know, whatever those emotions are. Um, and if you're not allowing yourself to then understand where that's coming from or who you might still be upset with, or also not just forgiving the other person, but for yourself too, because there might be mm-hmm. some shame and blame towards yourself that you're feeling. And so forgiving yourself as well, if you're not able to reach that place of forgiveness, then you're going to be holding on to those emotions and you're going to get stuck in them. It's going to be much harder mm. to go through them and let them go. If you're choosing not to forgive, right? Cause when mm. you're choosing not to forgive, you're choosing, you're saying, I don't, this person or this thing does not deserve it's like a more of like a revengeful thing. Like not unforgiveness is like a little bit of a revengeful thing. Like this person hurt hurt me, so I'm going, they need to hurt like I am. So me not mm. forgiving them is like me, me feeling good about them still hurting as a result of it. When like you said, it's really about you because the that person's living their lives. Mm-hmm. They're not really worried yeah. about you. You're the only one that's left silvers feeling resentful or feeling hurt or abandoned. But when you forgive, you allow yourself to let that go and say, you know what, I'm choosing peace. Like I'm ready to let this go so I can move on and evolve. Mm, definitely, definitely.
1: So when you started, you know, you did talk about how you came into your purpose and helping uh, these couples and, and helping, you know, can you uh, can you give me, can you let us know, like can you speak on how you help these women or men, I'm going to say men, because, Mm -hmm. you know, some men, men can always use some advice as well, (laughs) you know, on how to live unapologetic, uh, an unapologetic life and, you know, and to love themselves. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. My coaching program is services all about, all about that. Right. Um, I have a membership, a monthly membership called the uh, unapologetic circle. And it's all about helping women be able to, let go of that fear and doubt that's stopping them from living unapologetically. So I would say that is the big key um, for me of how I help women is helping them work through what what has been whatever self-doubt, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. fear um, is holding them back from just showing up as their true selves. Mm -hmm. Because unapologetic living is a form of freedom, but you can't be free if you're holding back because you are worried about the fear, the the judgment of others? Are you worried about failing? Are you worried about making mistakes? Are you worried about not being accepted? or you worried about not being enough, right? Or this fear of experiencing any of those things, right? The what is, or what will happen, or the unknown, right? all those things will stop you from like taking that risk of applying for that job or starting your own business. Right. Uh, or starting a podcast or whatever that is that dream yeah. that you have, those fears and those doubts will stop you from doing that. You know, um, those fears and doubts will stop you from showing up in spaces as your true self. Like, I don't want to say too much, or I don't want to show up as this or I want to make sure I'm dressed a certain way. You know, like you end up having all these expectations that are not realistic for yourself to meet, to, to really, a, a um, protect yourself from the fear of the unknown that's that could possibly happen as a result of you taking that risk of being unapologetic. And so I would say that is definitely um, the things that I work on especially within uh, my program is helping women figure out who they are. who is that who is it that you who's the version of yourself that you want to become right the what what exactly do you want? what are your goals? what are your dreams? what are your passions? Um, do you know what they are helping? Helping women figure out what that is because many times we don't know because we never thought about ourselves. We're always still thinking about other people, right? What yep, do I always. truly want, right? Uh, what is it that, that I truly want, and then and what what does that life look like that I want to live? So knowing who you are and and who you want to become, your own personal brand, what kind of life you want to live, what does that look like, and then the how. How do I then execute that? How do I have a mindset, a confident, undefeated, confident mindset that will help me push through and achieve and go after that life and become that person, regardless of what anybody says about it, regardless Mm. if I fail or make a mistake, regardless if things don't work out, right? How do I stay you know, confident in my abilities to keep going. How do I persevere? How do I stay ambitious? How do I keep that mm-hmm. grit? How do I how do I walk boldly in all of it in spite of what the world is saying to me as I'm achieving and going after what I want in life? So that's that's what it looks like, you know, working with me and how I help women.
1: I love that. I love how how you do that because you know, the world we live in, they there are so many expectations. It's mm-hmm. from our parents, family, mm-hmm. friends, the job place. People we don't even know, you know, that yeah. makes it hard for us to like really try to walk out in our purpose because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. get so much self-doubt, you know, yep. in ourselves. And then well, we know what we want to do. We know what we need to do. Yeah. Right. But sometimes yeah. we don't even we know how, but just don't know how. Does that make yes. sense? No, it yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. Like
2: You know how, but there's you're, you still feel stuck on, okay, well, what is the first step, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that you, like you said, it's not that you don't know what the first step is. It's just taking the risk of that step. Yeah. Because that first step is risky. It is. Because you're stepping into the unknown. So it's like you know, how do I take that leap? Well, part of it is getting past that fear and that doubt that's telling you to hesitate, to procrastinate, right? That's causing you yeah. to compare yourself mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I used to be mm-hmm. one of those people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's not easy, but, you know, it just, it, it takes heart. It yes. takes Mm -hmm. Putting yourself first because, Mm -hmm. and again, the world, the world, everyone's always putting themselves last and second Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. got families, they got
0: children. Mm-hmm. They got
1: above,
2: everything. Above, yeah, they putting a list. Everything. Yeah,
1: they, They're putting everything above themselves mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, it's just like, mm-hmm. and then they want to, you know, and I think sometimes right, that's where the doubt, the insecurity mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never going to be enough or I'm not going to be able to do this or, mm-hmm. or they, get, they they put up so many excuses yeah. that, oh, yeah. well, I can't do that because of this or I can't mm-hmm, do that because mm-hmm. I don't have the money and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I could say, I mean, you probably heard it all. So, and but like you said, it just takes takes that step to take a leap of faith, and even mm-hmm. and I think sometimes even doing it a while, you are afraid. It's taking yes. that leap.
2: Yes, I I say there's a phrase I use called "do it scared." I love it. I say it all the time. Mm, I love that um, because you know one thing I I, I I teach my clients is not making your feelings facts. Right? You might feel scared, but that doesn't mean it, it is a scared situation or you can't do it. Scared, right? Yeah. A lot of times we say, I can't do it because I'm scared. Well, no, you feel scared. That doesn't mean you yeah. actually physically can't do it, right? And so it's like yeah. you can do it scared. Just because you are feeling scared doesn't mean you can't do it. And it's like doing it scared is allowing your yourself to take the energy of the fear that you're feeling in your body, because our feelings are just t- different types of energy. That yeah. energy you're feeling in your body, that fearful energy that you're feeling you can allow it to be fearful to the point where you can use it to be par- to paralyze you and not move mm-hmm. at all. Right. Yeah. Or you can use that energy to motivate you and drive you to, to do it. You know, like, yeah. you know, using that, that that's where you get the, the butterflies in the stomach or you're feeling excited or, you know, yeah. the nervous energy and you're doing it anyway. Yeah. That's just fear, but we just yeah. call it. something different, you know, the yeah. adrenaline that's pop pumping up and yeah, like, I love definitely. to do it. I'm an adrenaline junkie. That's just fear. It's just, Use it a different way. It's just a different Mm -hmm. way that someone is using that energy of fear that they're experiencing. Okay. uh, My question for you is, like, do you think people generally do a lot of
1: things out of their emotions just to not do something?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I was just today, I saw a client today and we were, and I was literally just talking to her about, you know, um, not making a permanent or long-term decision off of a temporary emotion. Mm. So often we feel it. And that goes back to what I was saying about making feelings facts. And that's how the Mm -hmm. thought of making like, or the thought process, automatic thought that causes us to make our feelings facts. Impacts us because we feel a certain way, and we get so caught up in that energy of that emotion that it it ends up impacting how we see the situation. Yeah, right. And then we end up believing that you know, with 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 this client I was talking to her about, she was feeling really disappointed about her decisions and something that she made, but then also disappointed that things weren't working out. And because of that, she then began to feel low and down about herself and feeling really low and depressed. And I was telling her how because she was feeling disappointed, she then believed that she was now a disappointment.
1: Wow. And
2: because of that, she started making decisions as if she is a disappointment. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm, I'm really upset with myself. Uh, you know, I don't even want – you know – You know, then she started making decisions based on this idea that I am a disappointment. It's like, well, no, you're not a disappointment. You just feel disappointed. And that's true. Mm -hmm. Like earn that. You can definitely, you know, express your emotions, acknowledge your emotions. I feel disappointed. That's a true emotion. That's what you're experiencing. But don't allow that emotion to then become facts about your situation. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. I'm even in all on that because like (laughs) I mean, I <laughs> it kind of, like, makes me think, like, I've done yeah. that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, it's a, making feelings facts really, like, ends up changing your whole perspective of the situation. And mind you, the feeling is not going to last but a couple hours, maybe a couple of days. Yeah. But it's going to go away, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But that decision you made, that the outcome of that decision is not going to go away
0: your no, decision is
2: permanent. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to end up making those decisions that then you're like, you're looking back now that you're clear, your mind is clear. Mm-hmm. You're no longer in that type of state, that emotional state. You're like, dad, why did I even do that?
1: Yep. Why did I the make regret. a decision? Yeah. I and mean, you, you have to regret. Works. Yep. Then you have that regret and you're just like, damn, man, why did I do that when I wasn't even, I was one, I wasn't even in the right state of mind. I was going off my feelings Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I went I did that. Now it's something I have to suffer with or deal with probably for the rest of your life. Because, Mm -hmm, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. we all make mistakes. That's where we learn from our mistakes or what makes us Mm -hmm. grow and and grow into our character because that way to make us better. You know, because mm-hmm. we, mm-hmm. we have to think I feel like yeah. my I think the biggest thing is we have to think before we yes. process anything, because yes. I think that's important, because like you said, I mean, we go by our feelings. We make rush decisions. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's not good. Yeah. You know, you have to yeah. think and put thought. I mean, like I, I sit. I usually make myself sit down or I play mm-hmm. about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'll sit about mm-hmm. it. I'll think about it long term. I'm like, what is what is what is best for myself? What yeah, is this yeah. going to be something for, if this is going to be a good thing for me in the process, am I going to benefit from this? Is it going to take my peace or is it what, anything that's going to try to come, I want something to come out good from the de- decision that I'm making because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to go into something and it's just like for nothing and then I'm regretting it. So yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. We have to think before we mm-hmm. do anything. I yes. don't, rash decisions aren't always good either, period. Yeah,
2: that stop and think is is crucial. Um, you know, the Bible talks about be slow to speak or mm-hmm. be slow, quick to anger, not be quick to anger. You mm-hmm. know, all of that is real because when we're just a quick to um, just respond off our emotions, like we said, yeah, that those those long-term impacts and or then you have to clean up your mess,
0: mm-hmm. right? You
2: end up making a decision that makes things messy. It didn't have to be messy, and now either you leave the mess as it is because you, your own pride might get in the way. Like, I'm, I'm just going to leave it how it is. I'm not even going to say sorry. I'm not going to, like, <laughs> try to fix it, right? I'm just going to, like, eat what I just did, right? Or you realize, like, dang, I gonna I got to clean up this mess. Like, I yeah. did a whole to do, and now I, I, people's feelings were hurt, or now I look crazy. So let me let me, let me me clean up my mess. <laughs> let me apologize. Mm-hmm. Or let me go back. You know, like, like people know where I was coming, you know, whatever that is. And sometimes and that's humbling. You got to be you got to be mm-hmm. at a place where you right, be humble in that state of recognizing I made a mistake and I I need to fix what I the mistake that I made, you know? Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah. Uh, so, Natasha, uh, uh,
1: what inspires you most and anything that you've done in your whole life?
2: Oh, what inspires me most? I would say, um, I absolutely love to travel. Um, Mm -hmm. my grandmother opened my eyes to traveling. Um, she traveled all the time and, um, and I've always, I always wanted to see the world. Um, and I get inspired by other cultures. I get inspired by, um, being in other spaces, um, being around people that are different from me and just learning from different traditions. And that often inspires me because that helps me get out of my own world, um, helps me oh, okay. to be, to be um, informed about what else is going on outside of my own little box, right? It yeah. Me, and it also shows me <laughs> that there's more to, the, there's so much more to this life outside of what I, my day to day, right? Mm. And so um, I'm inspired to work hard, I'm inspired to push myself and to, I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted this, um, I wanted my own practice because I wanted to work from anywhere lifestyle. Cause I wanted to be able Mm. to travel and work at the same time and not have to be bound to an office or to one space, which is why I do online services. And so, um, traveling, it it motivates me on a regular basis with the decisions I make, um, um, and and the things that I do in my life for sure. Mm,
1: That's so awesome. That is so great because, you know, I, nobody wants to be t- tied down to the job, mm-hmm, you know, and, mm-hmm. and sometimes we have to because it's just, yeah. it's still, you know, but you don't have to. You can just change. You can make that change. Right. If you want right. to do something, go ahead yeah. and do it,
2: mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: That is so great. I love how that, because I love how you're like, well, I could still enjoy
2: a vacation
1: and still work. (laughs) Listen, you got to get me on that too.
2: Listen, yes, that's what, (laughs) listen. That was one of my, that was just something I've always, I always envisioned, right? But I didn't think it was mm. possible only because like, like I saw on TV back when Skype just first came out and they were like Skype therapy. And I was like, yeah. Oh. and they were on the West Coast. They were doing it. I'm like, oh, if I could do something like that where I could just see clients you know, wherever I'm at. I mean, I can be with a client, yeah. you know, but it wasn't regulated. And then COVID happens. Oh and then goodness, it became a whole thing, <laughs> you know, telehealth became a whole thing. I was like, oh, I'm jumping on this bandwagon. Yes. Right. Um So, so yeah. But again, that was after God downloaded on me that I should be jumping on this bandwagon. So. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so then initially I initially, so I was like, oh, this is definitely what helped me reach Michael's. I, t- I mean, the leap of faith was real. I took a crazy leap of faith, leaving a job that I did not plan on leaving, and um, with no safety net. I just God was telling me it's time for you to go, and so I was leaving. Um, and I just figured, you know, he' going. He, he's telling me to go, and then he's going to catch me when I when I jump. Like I'm not going to fall on my face. Uh, but that was a huge leap of faith, and. That was one of the things too that motivated me to even do more like that unapologetic living because I'm seeing mm. for myself how the more I've become unapologetic, the more I'm, the more freedom I feel, to be honest. There's like a whole mm. level of freedom that unapologetic living gives you that, you know, I'm not afraid to show up as who I as who I am. Um, I'm not sorry for showing up who no. as, as who I am. Like in the past, I, like when I told you my I would silence my voice, Yeah, part of it was because people would say that I'm, too upfront, or I'm too blunt, or I'm too, you know, like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I could be too abrasive, you know. Um, and so I would just keep my voice silent. Um, and then, you know, as I got older and became in a, in my adulthood, I became more vocal, and I still would get little comments like, you know, Tasha the sassy one, like, you know, you would get little little comments to be funny, but also it was like a dig, right? Yeah, because I would <laughs> speak up freely. Um. And it's even a point where, you know, even in work environments, I, you know, end up getting some heat for like advocating for ethical standards and mm, expectations because okay. I'm holding up to my own standards. But the more unapologetic I became, the more confident I was like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I want. Mm. I know my values and I'm standing up for that. And if, um, if somebody doesn't like it, that's OK. It's not doesn't define who I, not, I am. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. And so that's why I'm trying to help women to be at that all women. Like I want this to be a worldwide type of thing where women are just living their lives freely. Um, and not having anything, hold them back. Mm, I love that. Can you tell can you tell us where we can find you, uh, with your business? Yeah. So I'm, uh, my website is speaklifetransformation.com. I'm also on Instagram at speaklifetransformation, TikTok Life Transformation, Facebook. At Living Speak Life, and also if anybody wants to have, um, I'm offering a free mini course um, where that would give you all these tips about how to get unstuck. We were just talking about being stuck. How to get unstuck so that you can start pursuing um, your dreams and living your life unapologetically. And so, if you're interested in getting access to that free course, go to SpeakLifeTransformation.com. Click the banner at the top on the home page, and then you'll immediately be able to get access.
1: Mm, I
2: love that. I love that. Thank you so much uh, f- uh, for your, for just
1: like your gems. You know, for just speaking and everything. Um, I'm gonna go check for see if we have any comments from the audience. Because um, so we have a question. We ask all our, we ask all our guest speaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What makes you
2: uncommon? Uh, What makes me uncommon? um, I would say the fact that um, I live by the mantra speak life. Um, That's why I even created my business after speak life. um, Mm. And I've gotten that from in the biblical sense of, you know, whatever I speak will come back around and, um, and will go out and, and become life. Right. And so mm. that is something that I truly believe in and what I say, what I speak, what God has given to me, I'm trusting that he will take that and make it become what it is. And I speak with confidence in what I want. Um, and I, and I move forward, you know, I say speak life and live with, and walk with intention. So I speak life and then mm. also walk with intention, expecting it to, um, to come to fruition. So um, that's Mm. something that definitely makes me uncommon.
1: I love it. I love it. That is so amazing. Thank you so much again, Natasha, for your story and and just throwing your gems out there and, you know, in hopes, you know, people, I mean, there's people that have the same story, familiar stories and hope someone can take take back and, and take heed to what you have spoken on this evening. And thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, thank you for tuning in, um, everyone. Um, I want to speak on our business, um, if any, our business proposal. If you're anyone that is trying wants to grow their business, um, you can email us at oncommonwomen.com podcast at gmail.com as well as if you're looking for uh if you or someone that wants to come on our platform to speak on any of your testimonies uh you can also again look um, on the screen for the email that i have put up there and make sure you check out our goal guru for motivational mondays she is definitely and very inspiring thanks tara for your emotional for your motivational mondays And make sure you check in next week for another powerful testimony and stay Uncommon.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've been jacking up with us for a while and haven't subscribed to our channel, what are you waiting for? Please like and subscribe to Uncommon Woman so you won't miss another episode. And remember, don't let anything or anyone affect your peace, good vibes, and stay uncommon.